Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Chapter 28 Anthony Bratzi was a big man, at least six foot four, though he looked still taller in the immaculately tailored gray suit that he wore. He was pulling the tie off when he entered the room and turned on the light, revealing Blackjack and I waiting for him in the darkness. He looked at us for a moment, saying nothing. What if my family had been home, he asked. We'd have done this somewhere else, Jack said. Bratzi nodded. Well, he said, do it and be on your way. Jack and I exchanged a look. I don't think you quite understand what's going on here, Jack said. Bratzi's brows knit. You aren't from Chick Mason? No, sir, I said, but I can see how you might make that mistake. Chick Mason is the only gang leader in town crazy enough to use women as gun cells, Bratzi said, giving me the up and down with his eyes. Cheeky, even in the face of doom. I like that in a man. We aren't from Chick Mason, Jack repeated, and we aren't here to do you any harm. We're independent operators, and we're here to negotiate. Bratzi instantly became the most important man in the room again, though he had never felt like he was far off. Well, he said, you aren't off to the very best of starts, but I'll listen while you talk. Will you have a drink? No, sir, Jack said. Please feel free to make yourself one, but bear in mind that I would find it seriously inconvenient to have to shoot you. It is nowhere in my plans, and I would ask that you not put it on the table. That seems fair, Bratzi said. You're Anthony Bratzi, Jack said, number two man in the Rossetti organization. Is that a question? Bratzi smiled as he made his way to the small but impressively stocked bar on the sideboard. It is not, Jack said. Security is kind of light here, sir, if you don't mind my saying. I don't mind at all, Bratzi said, and you're right. Mr. Rossetti has been an advocate of letting reputation and fear be our protectors rather than appear to live in an armed camp. Mr. Rossetti has protection, Jack offered. Mr. Rossetti is the boss, Bratzi said with a smile. But your little stunt tonight will give me an excuse to increase security. I suppose I ought to thank you. Jack nodded. Yes, sir, he said. Bratzi considered Jack a moment. He seemed to have forgotten about me, but part of me was sure that he hadn't, that he saw every move I made, like a rattler waiting to strike. You're very well-mannered, Bratzi said. Who are you? Jack Justice, Jack said, rather pointedly not introducing me, which, given how far out on a limb we were, was probably not the worst thing he ever did. Bratzi repeated the name under his breath before finally finding it in his memory. You're that private detective. From the Riverton thing. Bratzi said nothing to me, but looked over and took the length of me in again. He knew who I was all right. Yes, sir, I said. The Riverton thing. Or as some would call it, the murders of Janet Timms, Jimmy Lish, and Anne and Roger Mayfield. Bratzi smiled. I wouldn't know anything about that. No, sir, I said. Bratzi looked back to Jack. If you're here to ask for your lives, you're asking the wrong man. This whole Riverton project is Big Al's baby. He's been at it for years, as long as I can remember. Bratzi twirled his cocktail in his hand. The fact that Janet is dead should tell you how seriously he takes this. He still loved her. After that, well, he got a little crazy. But it's the kind of crazy that got him where he is today. Yes, sir, Jack said. And now he's ready to throw it all away. Bratzi seemed startled, but said nothing. Lots of guys in Rossetti's line dream about going legit, Jack said, but it never happens. Sometimes it's too complicated, sometimes there's too much money to hide or too many old scores to settle. Sometimes they just never get the chance. But this Riverton deal, 
This could finally do it, couldn't it? Bratsy nodded coolly. It could, he said. So where does that leave you, Jack asked. I beg your pardon, Bratsy said. Most of the muscle, the low-level operators, they'll catch on with another outfit somewhere, Jack said with a smile. But guys like you? Guys who have spent a lifetime climbing the ladder in the organization? Where do you go? Who else would trust you? Bratsy spoke calmly and without emotion. Mr. Rossetti has been very clear that we will be taken care of. He wants to bring us into his legitimate organization. Jack snorted. As what, he asked. Are you going to have an office, Mr. Bratsy, and a secretary? Doesn't sound that bad, does it? Bratsy smiled. Maybe not at first, Jack said. But the real work will be done by Mr. Rossetti and a bunch of investment bankers. Are you actually going to have a job to do, or is he supposed to support all of you indefinitely? And the more legit he gets, the less he's going to trust the den of career criminals he's keeping as pets. Bratsy said nothing. And the longer this goes on, the more the Rossetti territory gets carved up by the city's other gangs, Jack said. They won't sit around and wait for Rossetti to finish playing businessman. At the first sign of weakness, they'll be in like jackals. It's already beginning, isn't it? You thought the Mason gang was stepping in and taking you out. None of this matters, Justice, Bratsy snapped. It is my decision. Yeah, Jack said, but what if it was? There was a long pause. Bratsy took a drink. What are you suggesting, Mr. Justice, he asked. I'm suggesting that this whole business with the expressway was bad news from the start, Jack said. I am suggesting that Mr. Rossetti has been only thinking of himself, and that means he doesn't deserve the loyalty of his organization. I am further suggesting that it is only a matter of time before someone else comes to the same conclusion and feels like they have to deal with you as well to clear the path to the throne. Bratsy shook his head and smiled. Miss Dixon and myself are the last two pieces of the unscorched earth between Rossetti and his dream, Jack said. We didn't declare war on El Rossetti, he declared it on us. Bratsy nodded. That's fair, he said. We aren't asking for your blessing, Jack said, but it does us no good to settle things with Rossetti if the next man in just finishes the job. And you will be the next man in, won't you, Anthony? Bratsy said nothing and took a drink. Of course, someone would have to answer for what happened, Jack said. That'd be a swell excuse to wake up the troops that have started to go soft and knock back a rival organization that is getting too big for its britches. Bratsy nodded so slightly that he might have been unaware that he was doing it. The Riverton deal can still go through, Jack said. We'd never be able to stop it anyway. One proviso. In order to avoid suspicion or attracting unwanted attention, your boys lay off a bar called Spencer's Place. Let the government buy him out. Bratsy was curious why, he asked. He's our client, I said simply. You're an interesting pair, you know that, Bratsy said, and then thought for a minute. He tossed back the last of his drink and made himself another. It'll never work, he said. You'd never get near him. Let us worry about that, Jack said. Bratsy shook his head. No, he said. It would have to be done just so. If you were seen, if you were identified... The leg breakers would hit you on reflex and Al's money men would take over. None of us would ever see a dime from Riverton and the organization would just disappear. If power is going to shift to a soldier, it has to be done just so. Bratsy crossed the room to the telephone and picked up the receiver. I started toward him as he began to dial, but Jack just shook his head and I kept still. Al, Bratsy said after a moment. Tony, Chick Mason wants a meet. Bratsy listened for a moment. I agree, Al, Bratsy said. 
But I think he's ready to deal. You said it yourself. There are parts of the old business that we just don't want anymore. We may as well sell the rights rather than just walk away and let it get carved up. If Mason is smart enough to show a little respect, I think we have to listen to him. Another moment of silence as he listened. That's right. With his temper, if we say no, he could make a lot of trouble. Trouble that we can't have right before the Riverton deal goes through. Silence. If you say yes, it's all agreed, Bratz, he said. I'll pick the place and look it over myself. It'll just be you and your boys and Mason and that big gorilla of his. Maybe half an hour tops. Then Mason's number two and I can thrash out details and payment schedules. Silence. All right, Al, Bratz, he said. I'll take care of everything. He hung up the telephone and turned to look at us. The back room at the Rex, Bratz, he said. You know it? Jack nodded. I know it. 10 a.m., Bratz, he said. The room is soundproof, but be as quiet getting in as you were getting in here. There's a service hallway through the fire door that will get you out. Rosetti has two guys that he has with him all the time. One of them is mine. Jack nodded. All right, he said, and looked at me. I nodded. It was nice to be asked, even if it was slightly after the fact. Bratzi took a pull on his second drink. You seem like a pair of clever dicks, he said. I wonder if you have thought the next steps out already. A letter to the press, I said simply. Three copies to three different reporters left to three different friends to mail in the event of our mysterious demise. The only reason you would have to hit us is so the boys don't find out it was you that set up the old man. If you lead the organization back to glory... In six months, no one will give a damn how you got the job, and we won't have a thing on you. Bratzi looked me up and down again, much more slowly this time. She's not bad, he said to Jack. She knows, Jack said. This is Thursday Thrillers, audio with action on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow on Mutual with Friday Follies the end-of-the-week collection of comedy cut-ups. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or find the Friday Follies feed in your favorite podcast players. Now that's a lot of F's. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. Together.